Welcome to Positive Adoption, where you can find adoption, foster care, and trauma-informed parenting all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker. But more than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos from hard places. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey. So grab a cup of coffee and join me for Positive Adoption, a coffee break podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to Positive Adoption. I'm continuing my series on the brain and fear. And before I get started in my personal update, I just want to share something that I've been learning about myself. And I think it's very common for other adoptive parents and probably all parents to an extent is about the scarcity mentality or which we're going to talk a little bit about is the fearful report. Often when we are parenting kids who have experienced trauma that was not on our watch and we're trying our best to make them feel loved and secure and they are already in survival mode, then we can develop the scarcity mentality. And maybe we brought it from our childhood. Maybe a lot of people who adopt children had a traumatic childhood And that gives them the heart, the empathy, the the desire to adopt children and give them a good home. So, But we can still carry that with us and we begin to parent ourselves that way with that scarcity mentality like there's not enough, not enough resources. I, I can't do this. It's too difficult for me. And I've talked about this a lot and I talk about it in How to Have Peace When Your Kids Are in Chaos that... You know, if God has chosen you to parent those children, then he will equip you. And that's something I have to remind myself about every area of my life. If he's chosen you to do something, then he will equip you. What what we have to do is change our mindset. And if you've done any trauma-informed training, then you will learn about the neural pathways in the brain And we talk about them with our kiddos. You know, he has this neural pathway that's been there since his early childhood and he hasn't changed it. Well, we have our own neural pathways that we need to work on changing. And when we have that scarcity mindset, it's going to take some time, some prayer, some scripture, and just some listening to our own heart and what it's trying to tell us so that we can move forward. And why do we need to move forward? Because then we can really walk in the purpose that God gave us. Okay, that was my personal update. That was a long one. Okay, in the community update, I did not check on who was listening to what, but I will tell you, even just last week, the podcast episodes that are being listened to more than any of them are about 
How to stunt the growth of anxiety in your kiddos. That's a big one. And also I noticed that the Homeschooling 101 podcasts are still getting listened to. And we still have that group open on Facebook if you would like to join. Homeschooling 101. There's three simple questions you have to ask to join. Just where did you hear about it? How long have you been homeschooling? And what's your favorite dessert? It's not that difficult. Okay, so on to the topic, the brain and fear. So I want to talk about the fearful report. Now I'm going to do, it's a little bit of a Bible lesson, but hang on because I think that it's super relevant and important. So scripture offers us some examples of the fearful report. In Numbers 13, Moses sent 12 spies to scout out the land of Canaan. Okay, that's the promised land. That's like the land flowing with milk and honey. You have arrived once you've gotten there. Like everything you need is there. No scarcity mentality there. Okay, but this is what happened. When the spies brought back a report on the promised land, 10 of them had a stress-shaped brain report. Okay, so they had a fearful report. They could not focus on the positive, and that's what the scarcity mentality does. There's not enough. We're not going to make it. I can't parent this child. He's not going to make it. I'm just, I'm going to ruin everything. That's the scarcity mentality, all right? So, like a hurt child with a traumatic past, looking at a birthday cake and only seeing the fire from the candles and not the celebration of his birth. If you've had an experience like that, I had that with some of my kiddos. It's like, you know, there's a celebration going on, but because of their stress-shaped brain, the fear, they could not focus on the joy or the celebration. They were too stuck in the fear. So this is what the scripture says. There we saw the Nephilim or giants, the sons of Anak, who came from giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. So I emphasize that, I don't know if you caught that, but we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so therefore we were in their sight. So the mindset that we have And the mindset that our kiddos have is going to have a huge effect on the way that we see each other. Okay? So hold on to that for a second. So if your mindset is, I can't do this, it's not enough. And their mindset is fear and the stress-shaped brain and the looking at the birthday candles as fire instead of looking at the whole thing of a celebration then it's just going to be a mess. It's going to be chaos. And maybe you're a parent who have, you've already experienced that. You're like, wait, I'm living in chaos all the time. So remember that our mindset and their mindset together can create the chaos. So this verse that I just read about the giants is a perfect picture of operating in the downstairs brain. And hold on a minute, not that I can totally blame them. 
I, I might have been a little on edge if I had witnessed the 10 plagues on the Egyptians and then hidden behind the lamb's blood on the door while the angel of death flew overhead only to survive and be chased into the Red Sea. They had some trauma. <laughs> if I wasn't familiar with God as I am, like I am all that you need. I am sufficient. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Maybe you needed to hear that today. I needed to hear that today. So they were operating in their downstairs brain, and I probably would be too. Yes, those were miracles of God, but those are still pretty scary things to survive. Okay, so what about the other two, Joshua and Caleb? Those were the only two spies that encouraged the Israelites to forsake their fear, to trust God who had delivered them out of Egypt and claim the promised land. And here's what they said. The land through which we pass to scouts is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. Then, oh, a land flowing with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, neither fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense and the shadow of protection is removed from over them, but the Lord is with them. Fear them not. So Joshua and Caleb are saying, you know, don't fear. Don't have your response in fear. God is for us. Who can be against us? They had the abundance mentality. They're like, look at what God is giving us. And often we as adoptive parents or foster parents, we know that God has put us in this position to parent these kids either for a season or for the rest of their life. And they're like, look what God has entrusted to us. But when we look at our own strength and we see ourselves as grasshoppers and the situation seems too difficult for us, then our fear of scarcity can get in the way of connecting with these kids. And I know we're talking about kids, but I wanted to focus a little bit on us this week as well, because we're such a big part of the picture. And I think as parents in general, it's often like, you know, look what this kid has done and I can't handle this and this is too much, you know, if one more thing, you know, and I, I even saying those things makes me feel anxious. It makes me feel defeated. But instead, and I had written a devotion on the whole house on Monday, and, you know, God wants us to be looking for the good. And sometimes our fear of what is next can stop us from really seeing what the next phase of our life, what the next season of our life is going to be, what he has for us. Especially in this time, there's so much negativity and these kids that have already experienced trauma, they're, you know, fear on fear on fear and parents who are living in fear, God is still good. 
He still has good things for us and for our children. And we have to remember that. We have to be Joshua and Caleb and not be delivering the fearful report. At the very least, as parents, we certainly want our children and ourselves to be like these men of faith. So how do we get there? How do we get from that fearful report, from that scarcity mentality? First of all, remember that Joshua was not fearless. This is what God says to him. Have I not commanded you? Be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that's from Joshua 1.9. So God is encouraging him not to walk in fear. And I'm encouraging you, we can get stuck in that fearful scarce, scarcity mentality and survival mode right along with our kids. We have to retrain our brains and then we have to help our kiddos form new pathways in their own brains. Um, the connect and redirect approach is one that I wrote an article about on the whole house. It's somewhere there. But God is the author of that practice. He's the one who invented it. It wasn't Empower to Connect training. It wasn't me writing the article about it. It was, it's not tapestry, even though every, you know, all of those people teach it, and that's wonderful. But we often get it backwards. We command and demand and then expect our kids to connect. And it doesn't work, right? So the connected child explains a scared child cannot grasp discussions, sermons, or lectures, complex reasoning, logic, or stories, philosophical discussions or abstract concepts, solving puzzles or math problems. So I'm, I'm the same way. Like if I am stressed, I cannot grasp you telling me how to do something. You have to wait until I calm down. I take some deep breaths and I can focus on you. So connect and redirect, it, that's exactly what it is. It's waiting for the child to be able to connect to you. Now, does that look pretty? No. If you're envisioning, well, she's talking about, you know, this peaceful scenario, no. What I'm talking about is sometimes the child is going to melt down for a long time before he's able to connect with you. And it doesn't always look pretty. Okay, so I had uh, thought I was going to get a lot further in this, but I will share one little thing and then we'll continue this series next week. So have you ever, if you're looking for ways to connect, think about this. Have you ever had one of those quiet moments when your kids are happily playing with Legos or Play-Doh or painting or something? And it's really super tempting to just, you know, I'm gonna go do the dishes, put that laundry in the dryer, put this laundry away, or start organizing this cabinet. 
I'm all for that because I love all those things. I like trying to get those things done. But it's also important to connect with your children during this happy time, especially if a child has experienced trauma. That doesn't mean you have to sit with them for hours. All you have to do is acknowledge or insert yourself into that positive moment. Just to say something like great Lego building. I love your star cookies. With phrases like this, you're connecting with that moment. You're connecting with that happy time. Okay, so I'm gonna finish up there. And there, like I have said on previous episodes in this series, there is a whole chapter on the brain and fear and how to have peace when your kids are in chaos. So thanks for joining me today and I will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Positive Adoption. Make sure you subscribe on thewholehouse.org to receive your gift of five things, a tiny handbook for foster and adoptive families, and receive a monthly newsletter plus updates when new books or courses are released. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, Spotify, or YouTube and leave a review so others can find positive adoption and know the value of the show. You're welcome to send an email to me positiveadoption at gmail.com and follow me on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at The Whole House and Twitter at Kath Guire. Thanks for listening to the show.